the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What's going on, everybody? Another Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. That's right. It is another edition of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast. If you don't know this song, this is... Well, let, let me get to the line here first. All right, so that's Hearing So I, I don't know, obviously uh, many people remember um, Live Aid back in the 80s, but uh, Hearing was a one-off project uh, of the heavy metal hard rock scene of the 80s, right? It was to raise money for famine relief in Africa. And uh, Ronnie James Dio put this whole thing together. Uh, the project raised about a million dollars within a year. It was recorded this past week uh, on May 20th and 21st 1985 at the A&M Record Studio in Hollywood, California. So uh, for those of you who are just tuning in, this is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, got a great guest coming up this hour. Um, usual news and no- notes to get to. You can follow me very easily on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, via email at albertg at nycradio.com, iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms. And feel free to leave a comment uh, or a rating. And we're also on the Hopped Up Network as well. Go to thehoppedupnetwork.com, and you will see my uh, radio show as well as a number of other uh, podcasts. So uh, we'll get to our guest in just a moment, and we'll get to our news and notes. So uh, as I was saying, so Ronnie James Dio had put this thing together to raise money for uh, famine relief in Africa. And they had, I mean, it was just a plethora of heavy metal artists of the time. You had members of Dio. Uh, you had Ronnie James and Vivian Campbell. You had Judas Priest. You had Rob Halford uh, on uh, vocals. You had um, uh, Dokken, Quiet Ride. You had Kevin Dubrow, who you could not miss in the video because he's wearing this, like, pink uh, sports coat, and he's in the front, and he's kind of directing the band. Uh, you had Motley Crue. You had um, uh, Jeff Tate from Queensryche, Blue Oyster Cult, Y&T, Geofria, Journey. You had Neil Schoen playing guitar, Wasp, Night Ranger, the best part was, in the video, they shot a documentary and a video of it, you see uh, David St. Hubbins and Nigel Tufnell, uh, and I think uh, 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 Derek, was it Derek Smalls? Yeah, Derek Smalls, whatever. I, you know, I'm blanking on all the actors' names now, but you had Spinal Tap was there. Um, it, it was just, it was amazing. Uh, I, I have to say, plus Iron Man, uh, Iron Maiden, they, they were on their tour. Dave Murray and Adrian Smith 
uh, were in the middle of the World Slavery Tour. They flew in just to do just to take part in it. Ingve Malmsteen playing guitar, George Lynch, Craig Goldie, uh, Carlos Cavazzo. Uh, it was just it was wild. I mean, it was just a wild, wild, cool thing that you see all these heavy metal guys getting together uh, and doing something. And it was this week that they recorded it, and then they released a video and the single. Um, it's just it's. It was cool. It was just really cool. When you saw it on MTV, it was one of these, you know, again, it was like an eight, seven, eight-minute song or whatever, and you were like, oh, wow, this is great. Like, everybody, and you're trying to name all the people that are in it. It was a lot of fun. So, anyway, uh, sorry for taking up so much time with that little bit of music history, but I thought it was uh, important because they did something for a good cause, and they raised, of course, over a million dollars for famine relief in Africa. Coming up in about 20 minutes, Josh Freem from Freem Brewing is going to join me. They're located in Hood River, Oregon, and to be honest, they make one of the best pilsners I've ever had. Uh, good, stuff, uh, good stuff from these guys. We'll talk to Josh coming up in about 20 minutes. Let's dive right into news and notes. So my friends from Coronado Brewing, they've got some new stuff that just came out this weekend and will be in bigger distribution uh, coming up in June. Uh, this year's uh, the uh, third anniversary uh, beer from Coronado. Uh, third anniversary, 23rd anniversary, excuse me, anniversary beer from Coronado. Uh, will be a New England-style double hazy IPA. Uh, the beer is going to be an 8% ABV. It's a 16-ounce can. It's an August release in conjunction with Coronado's 23rd anniversary. The big party is going to take place Saturday, August 3rd. Tickets for that will go on sale uh, next week on June 1st. And again, that beer comes out in August. But some other stuff from Coronado that's out now that was actually released in their tap room this weekend and it will be in distribution coming up in about a week or so. Set West IPA and Rise East IPA. Two different IPAs. They're saying East Coast or West Coast. You figure it out. You decide. Same hops, but they use a different East in each one of them and two unique different beers. So Set West IPA, a single dry hopped and fermented with Cal Ale yeast for a lingering dryness and notes of sticky pine and ripe stone fruit. Laid back yet assertive. It's West Coast through and through. According to the press release, the Rise East uh, is a hazy IPA, continuously dry hopped, then fermented with London 3 yeast for juicy notes of pineapple, mango, and peach. Easy drinking hazy IPA rises to any occasion. Both beers clocking in at 7% ABV. Both, again, as I said, released this past weekend. National rollout in June. I'm supposed to be getting samples of all of those, including uh, the new can from the uh, the new uh, beer from the Art Series, a sea spray sour, if I'm not mistaken, uh, on that one. Our friends from Heavy Seas... They are raising the red flag here. The a new Uncharted Water Series release ships in June. Uh, brewed in small batches at the brewery's experimental 15-barrel brew house. Heavy Seas Red Flag is an 8% ABV barrel-aged sour with complex fruit undertones and a bright tart finish. I'm hoping to get a sample of that as well. And then um, Loose Cannon Brewery and Heavy Seas have established trademark agreements in, in the U.K. and in the European Union. Um, Heavy Seas' flagship brand... Uh, Loose Cannon IPA was potentially going to create confusion with Loose Cannon Brewery uh, that brews in the U.K. So Heavy Seas is looking to sell their beers in the U.K. and Europe. Uh, they um, they have resolved the issue with a Loose Cannon Brewery, so they will be able to sell Loose Cannon IPA uh, in England and throughout the uh, in the U.K. as well as throughout the European Union. Uh, and so they are also going to brew a collaboration brew this year at the Loose Cannon Brewery uh, to introduce Heavy Seas beers to the U.K. market. Very cool. So they're going to have their Heavy Seas beers going to be out there, but they're also going to have a collaboration between them and Loose Cannon Brewery. As we continue on here, news and notes on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, 
Uh, Boulevard Brewing, almost 30 years ago, Boulevard founder John McDonald began sharing kegs of beer with the local arts community at Friday Gallery openings, drawing people you know, in to see the art and also to drink the beer. Uh, so they are announcing the first Friday's collection. It's a series of exceptional beers um, that will combine art with science. Um, according to the pro- press release, a curation of cutting-edge artisanal barrel-fermented and wood-aged ales. The beers commemorate the company's history and look to their future. Uh, this is 18 months in the making. Uh, the inaugural will release a boozy behemoth of a beer showcasing the barrels, shepherding, and blending skills of our brilliant brewers. The name of the beer is Hold the Pancakes. It is the first beer of this series. It contains multiple vintages of imperial brown ales and imperial stouts. It's been aged from 15 to 24 months in bourbon, rye, and maple syrup-filled whiskey casks. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. So it's going to be available, Hold the Pancakes, on draft and in 750-milliliter bottles uh, in better beer bars and bottle shops throughout Boulevard's 41-state territory uh, beginning this month. Very cool. And then finally, our friends from Funky Buddha. Uh, Key Lime Pie is back. Their next Goodness Series release returns for the summer season in 12-ounce can uh, six-packs. Um, this is going to be released next week at Funky Buddha's six-year anniversary party. Six-packs and draft will also hit distribution following the brewery release. Uh, I have to contact the folks at Funky Buddha. Get a sample of that as well. And they've got some other stuff too. So next week, June 1st, they're having a big six-year anniversary party. The tap room will be open from 11.30 a.m. to midnight. Live music will start at 3 p.m. Uh, this is in Oakland Park, Florida. They're going to have 50-plus draft beers, can releases, uh, beer tickets. There's no cover charge, uh, but all beers will equal one beer ticket. A beer ticket, it, it, you'll have to pay $6 for each beer ticket. Um, but this is an unbelievable tap list of different bourbon barrel-aged, Muy Bonita, Neapolitan, dread, pi, Pirate Roberts, yeah, Roberts, uh, save some room for later. They're going to have rum barrel-aged pina colada, uh, Chardonnay barrel-aged triple lindy, Mexican coffee, morning wood, margarita goza, uh, a whole bunch of different specialty beers, sweet potato casserole, uh, bonita apple bum, uh, no crusts, strawberry shortcake, uh, cosmic journey, a, a ton of different stuff here at this event. And here's the can releases, which start at 1130 in the morning. Bourbon barrel-aged Dread Pirate Roberts, Roberts, a 12% imperial stout with raspberry, cocoa nibs, coconut, and vanilla. It's a 16-ounce single can uh, at $14. They're limiting it to three per person. Tart Shake will be a 5% sour milkshake IPA with black currants, passion fruit, vanilla, and lactose. It's a 16-ounce can, four-pack at $15, uh, limit uh, three per person. And then El Camino Haze, a 7.3% New England-style IPA, Mosaic Citra and Eldorado Hops. It's a four-pack and 16-ounce cans, $15, and they're limiting that to one case per person. There will be food trucks there. They're going to have a silent disco and bands as well. You can find more at FunkyBuddha.com. Folks, when we come back after a short break, we'll have some more news from around the beer world, including a Belgian monastery that is going to begin brewing beer again for the first time in over 200 years. You don't want to miss that story. Folks, we're just getting started on this program, and it focuses on that delicious beverage made with barley and hops. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Hugh Hewitt sees a much bigger threat than climate change. The thing that is interesting to me, big corporate shift on climate change, my view is that the left internationally, not just in America, 
overvalues the political saliency of climate change. Even people like me who believe climate change is happening, I don't value the immediate addressing of it as quickly as I do say the threat from Iran. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 3, right before Joe Piscopo at 6 on AM 970. The Answer. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. Get a two-pack of MyPillow's premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow, which is the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at MyPillow.com or call 800-651-0798. Use promo code AM970. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Hi, this is Bill Martinez. Join us as we talk with the experts about the latest news, politics, issues of faith, the culture, and entertainment. It's all about us. It's all about the truth wherever it leads. Bill Martinez live, Monday mornings at 12 a.m. on AM 970, The Answer. Like AM 970, The Answer? Then don't forget to like us on Facebook. Interact with us. Share your thoughts about your favorite shows. Give feedback to our hosts. Share your opinion on hot topics. Learn about events and more. AM970TheAnswer.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. Get a two-pack of MyPillow's premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow, which is the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at MyPillow.com or call 800-651-0798. Use promo code AM970. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit my Our hosts all look like GQ models. See them now at am970theanswer.com. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, very easily, you can follow me on Twitter at Alcatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com, slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email at albertg at nycradio.com. And don't forget iTunes and Google Play. 
Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms. Now, coming up in 10 minutes, Josh Freem from Freem Brewing will join me. They're located in Hood River, Oregon. To be honest, I, as I said before, one of the best pilsners I have ever tasted from this brewery. Uh, good stuff from those guys. Uh, we will uh, uh, get to them in about 10 minutes from now. But we've got more news and notes to get to here uh, on the program. And uh, a couple of things. Carton Brewing is coming out with a new coffee. I shouldn't say it's new. Well, I guess it is new. It's a nitro light and sweet cream ale. It's an ale with coffee added. The beer is going to be a 6% ABV, so it'll be half of what the normal regular coffees and all the other stuff is. Uh, It's a 20 IBU. It's a 16-ounce can. Not sure when it's coming out. I'm going to say that it might be out this weekend. Maybe it's going to be next weekend, but it'll be interesting to see and uh, taste the Nitro Light and Sweet Cream Ale. Duclaw will will be coming out with a beer called Citra Snuggie. It's a double IPA brewed with citra hops. It's an 8% ABV, and it is... um, it has a thing like it's kind of like a snu- you know the snuggies that they used to sell and then you know the whole the, the advertisement is seen on TV that's what's on the can uh, but it says as not seen on TV uh, so as soon as we get the release details on that we will get that to you as well Breakside Brewery uh, is coming out with a bunch of different things one uh, one happens to be one that, that is returning rainbows and unicorns. Uh, this is a session uh, hazy IPA. It's a 5.1% ABV. Uh, it's available now through July of 2019. We've reviewed Ra- Rainbows and Unicorns, a really good beer from Breakside. You can get that in New York. Grandmammy, it is the barrel-aged version of Breakside's popular winter seasonal uh, salted caramel stout. It has been sitting for over a year in Van Winkle weeded bourbon barrels that were also used to house Bissell Maple Farm maple syrup. Uh, this is a 9% ABV with a 33 IBU, very limited availability this month. Uh, I'm going to see if I can snag myself a bottle. I doubt I'm going to be able to get it, but that sounds like a real good one. And then, uh, Grand Mammy, well, we got Grand Pappy as well. This is inspired by whiskey sauced bread pudding, another barrel aged brew. Again, sitting in these Van Winkle weeded bourbon barrels that were also used to house Bissell Maple Farm maple syrup. Uh, this is also a very limited availability with a 9% ABV and a 33 IBU uh, this month. Louisa, this is part of the brewery's new barrel-aged sour series. Uh, it's kind of like a, a Rattler or a Shandy. Again, not big on these uh, types of beers. I don't know. They just For me, they don't see, uh, seem uh, refreshing enough. It's available now in limited quantities. Uh, the coldest beer in town, this lager is the fifth release in the series Breaksides Take on a classic Mexican-style lager. Uh, it's a 5.6% ABV uh, with an IBU of 20. It's available now uh, through next month. Uh, and then Passion Fruit Sour Ale, this is Breaksides' main summer seasonal brew. Uh, it is uh, a kind of a brewed in the tradition of a classical German uh, Berliner Weiss, and then they add a unique tropical twist to it. It is um, a 5% ABV with a 3 IBU. It's available starting next month through September. So I have to reach out to the guys from Breakside and uh, see if I can get uh, some of those beers to sample. And then I teased this in the last break, and I think this is really cool. So a Belgian monastery is going to begin brewing beer again after a 220-year pause. So the last time Belgium's Grimbergen Abbey brewed beer, the United States was about 20 years old. Uh, We got this from NPR. But the Abbey now plans to make beer again 
And for inspiration, it's turning to the original recipes and brewing instructions in its archive of medieval texts. So it was founded in 1128, the uh, the, the monastery. The Norbertine Abbey monks spent centuries making beer, and then they were forced to stop because the abbey was destroyed back in 1798. So about 20 years after the uh, after the United States of America was created. So they want to get back into brewing. And again, the monasteries brew beer because it supports the monastery. The, the sales from the beer go back right into the monastery. Not only do they make beer, they make bread, they make cheeses, but they want to start making beer because obviously Belgian ales uh, have this very full and fruity quality to it. They're, they're heavy alcoholic type of beers. They're not you know meant to be drunk quickly. They're meant to be drunk at a, at a slow sipping pace. Um, and again, in the architecture in the in the monasteries is also is pretty wild. Plus, a lot of these monasteries were destroyed by the Germans too in World War II. They were their copper was taken uh, to help the troops. Uh, their buildings were raised. So, you know, it, it took a while. And I think what what what, what is it? it? There were ten or twelve Belgian monasteries that actually brew beer that are recognized by the Belgian monasteries. I guess this would be the thirteenth or the fourteenth. So. Um, so anyway, the Grimberger name already appears on Belgian beer, and it's licensing deals with uh, Carlsberg Brews, Grimbergen Beers for the international market. Heineken owned uh, Alec and Mays Brews for the domestic market in Belgium. But now the Abbey wants to, and, and of course the Abbey gets a, a share of those profits, but then, now they want to benefit from making their own beer and being able to promote the fact that they make the beer. They're selling it directly at the monastery. So this is pretty wild. So um, some of the books saved from the Abbey's library date to the 12th, century. And those that deal with brewing beer are in Latin and Old Dutch. So they needed to bring in a translator to try and figure out the recipes. The um, the brewer here, Reverend Carl uh, Statimus, is the Abbey sub-prior. He'll get formal training to help run the new microbrewery. Um, they spent hours apparently going through these books. They discovered an ingredient list for beers brewed in previous centuries, the hops used, the types of barrels and bottles, and even a list of actual beers produced centuries ago. Now, again, the Abbey located in Grimberg, and it's a town about eight miles north of, of uh, Brussels, and the Abbey was de- has been destroyed several times since it was founded. Most recently in 1798, French soldiers apparently destroyed it, and the brewery, uh, during a violent clampdown on the Roman Catholic Church, the area had recently been annexed by France. Um, but before the library was destroyed, the Abbey's quick-thinking monks knocked a hole in a wall and ferried several hundred books to safety. But again, as these monks have done throughout the years, thousands of years, every time they're destroyed, they rebuild. So this is pretty impressive. They're they're slated to open next year. They're going to uh, produce small batches of beer, and again, the, this uh, the the beer uh, that is sold here is obviously going to benefit the monastery, but. A 220-year-old recipe that was found in a wall that these monks, you know, so you know, forward-thinking or fast-thinking, that is, to save these things. It's going to be pretty remarkable uh, when these beers come out. Again, small batches, you'll have to visit the monastery in order to get access to the beer. Uh, I am uh, I'm pretty impressed. Now, the brewers are going to try to use local hops and some of the same approaches that were found in the library to make the beer. I'm sure, obviously, there's going to be some modern techniques uh, here to brew, to brew the beer. But isn't that fascinating, though? A 220-year-old recipe, and they're going to try and use that uh, to make beer. I am uh, I'm pretty impressed there uh, with these Belgian monks. It remains to see uh, what happens here. Some other news real quick. Um, my good friend, Chef Eric Levine, 
uh, is going to be uh, partnering up with a restaurant in Long Island, uh, which I'm pretty excited about out in Farmingdale. It's uh, 371. Uh, the, let's see. The, the Nutty Irishman uh, in Farmingdale will be opening a gastro pub. It's called 317 Main Street. They're looking for a July opening, and Chef Eric Levine is going to be the head chef there. He's still going to be at Mr. Krabby's in Randolph. He's going to split his time. As one, one of his chefs that's been working with him for a number of years will be doing most of the work at Mr. Krabby's, I'm assuming. And he's a great chef in his own right, but uh, Chef Eric Levine is going to be over in, in Long Island as well. So if you haven't tried uh, Chef Eric Levine stuff when he was at Paragon, when he was at Morris Tap and Grill, or at Mr. Krabby's, if you're out on Long Island and you're in Farmingdale, you definitely want to check this out. We've posted a link to the article uh, from Newsday on the Craft Beer page. Um on uh, uh, on Facebook, we'll also tweet out a link as well, so you definitely uh, want to check that out uh, for sure. And then finally, before we go to uh, a break here, uh, I mentioned Carton Brewing was coming out with a new beer, but they're also doing some changes to how they do flights. You used to get poker chips. You'd give a poker chip, they'd hand you a glass uh, of a small two, three-ounce pour, but they're changing that now. So they've started a new flight system where you fill out a conversion card Um you're going to uh, be walked through with a, um, uh, with one of the employees, and uh, they will give you some different choices. So you, for 10 bucks, you receive a conversion card to choose four tastes. Once you fill out the card, the team helps you decide the best order to move through your samples. After those four, they progress to a fifth pour, and the finished card will be exchanged for a repeat or entirely different option of your choosing, the size of which will consider ABV and flavor impact on a beer-by-beer basis. If you still have chips, you can. You, they're still accepted in the tasting room, but they're going to a new format now to to show you different tastes, and I guess you find, you graduate up to a full uh, full pour. It, it's an interesting concept. I, I really now it encourages me to make another trip down to Carton Brewing down in Atlantic Highlands to try out this new concept and see how it works out. Hopefully, I will get there in the next couple of weeks and we'll report back to you. Now, when we come back after a short break, Josh Freem from Freem Brewing is going to join me. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The Answer. News, opinion, passion. This is AM nine seventy. The Answer. It's mostly cloudy and 71 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. A suspected purse snatcher who jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge during a police chase has died. According to police, the man allegedly stole a woman's purse in Brooklyn before taking off in a car and crashing it on the bridge. Cops say the suspect abandoned the car and fled on foot. He was taken into custody and transported to Bellevue Hospital, where he later died. Two men on Long Island are facing charges after they were caught by officers inside of a stolen vehicle. Authorities say that Rohead Naim and Dothello Malay were seen inside of a 2019 Land Rover in Elmont. According to detectives, the vehicle didn't belong to them. Investigators believe the two men are also behind other car thefts and vehicle break-ins. They're facing several charges. A New Jersey woman is dead after a crash involving an alleged drunk driver. According to police, it happened Saturday night on Texas Road near Route 9 in Old Bridge. Authorities say that a man swerved onto the wrong side of the road and hit another vehicle head-on. A 19-year-old woman from Old Bridge was killed. A 15-year-old girl was also hurt. The suspected drunk driver tried to leave the scene, but officers say he didn't get very far. The investigation into the crash is ongoing. In sports, Yankees fell to Kansas City Royals in extra innings. 8-7 was the final score. Mets beat the Tigers 4-3. NBA playoffs, there were no games scheduled, and the NHL 
NFL playoffs. No games were scheduled. Traffic delays remain at the inbound GWB on the upper deck. It's about 15 minutes, a little heavy across the span. Lower level Palisades approach, easy pass customers only till the morning. And then it looks like it's a good ride at the Lincoln Tunnel and no problems at the Holland. Weather for tonight, scattered showers and thunderstorms could produce gusty winds, low 66. Mostly sunny tomorrow, high near 75. Now you know what's going on. I'm Amy Salerno and AIM 970, The Answer. If you're a firm believer that education is a top priority in helping shape our children to be the future leaders of tomorrow, then you'll be excited to know that AM970 The Answer has developed a program to help parents send their children to the best Christian schools in the area. The half-off tuition program is a way for parents to send their children to school at half the cost of the annual tuition. We've partnered up with some of the leading schools in the New York, New Jersey metro area. This is a great way for parents to reduce the costs and still have their children receive a quality education. AM970 The Answer is is also offering each school the opportunity to promote their school with a full radio advertising campaign. This is just our way to say thank you to the parents and schools that already know the importance of a good education. For more information, go to am970theanswer.com and click on the discount tuition banner. Here are just a few of the schools available. Eastern Christian Elementary School, Flushing Christian School, Gateway Academy. Once again, go to am970theanswer.com for the full listing of schools. Breaking news and local news. Find it on our website, am970theanswer.com. Don't ask me why this reminds me of something in the Northwest and Seattle I, I, or, you know, uh, Portland, Oregon. I probably should have played something from the grunge era, but uh, Jeff Beck always seems to get me going a little bit here. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, Google Play and iTunes, just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, or just say to your Amazon-ready device, Alexa, I want to hear the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, and bingo, you get to hear the show right from there. Or you can go over to hoppedupnetwork.com the day after the show airs. Just click on that, and you'll be able to listen to my uh, podcast as well as many others on hoppedupnetwork.com. Now, my next guest is the co-owner and brewer for a brewery located in Hood River, Oregon. They make some fantastic beers, and I'll say up front right here, their Pilsner, which is available in the Pacific Northwest in cans as well as on draft, one of the best I have ever tasted. And looking down at my belly right now, I've tasted quite a few. Now, freembeer.com, that's spelled P-F-R-I-E-M, beer.com is the website for more information. But let me welcome onto the program Josh Freem. Josh, how are you? I'm doing great this morning. Thanks for having me. You got it. Now, you, Josh, you grew up in Seattle. Uh, beer and making beer is something you've been focused on for most of your adult life. What was the moment for you that said, I want to make beer that others will not only appreciate, but I can make a living with? You know, I think when I started making beer and uh, falling in love with craft beer and home brewing, I, I realized that uh, there's plenty of beer out there, uh, but there could be a more greater beer. And I was uh, early in my career, I had a moment where I was, uh, I was actually, I was brewing for Chuck and Brewery and we were making fantastic lagers. And I really had this epiphany that, you know, if I had the opportunity to open my own brewery someday, I wanted to really, really lift the beer world and give it something more because I've seen great beers over in Europe and some of the best makers in the U S 
And I've always been inspired by the greatness of what they could do and always want to offer some people's folks uh, something unique and different and something great. And so you got together with a few friends that you ended up meeting, uh, I guess, uh, kind of randomly at a party, if I'm uh, reading it correctly on your website. Is that right? Uh, pretty pretty close. I mean, we became friends over a period of time, but yeah, it was uh, actually through our children, uh, through our cooperative uh, preschool here in Hood River. Okay. And uh, Ken White and I, yeah, met over beers in a in a backyard barbecue, talking about all the great things Hood River, uh, mountain biking, skiing, uh, water sports, and of course beer, and started a great friendship uh, based off of beer and outdoors pursuits and the, the good life of Hood River. And then I met Rudy, his close friend, uh, that that same night, and then uh, also over beers, and had a great. Uh, not only friendship, but partnership ever since. That's awesome. Now, Josh, you have a lot of different styles that you make. I was looking over on the website on, on all the different styles. Obviously, you don't have them on tap all the time, but you do have a lot of different styles that you make. Was that always the plan early on, to make a lot of different styles? You know, we're an innovative brewery, and you know our focus has been on depth for sure, but I... Big focus is just is like enjoying the ride and seeing where our palettes take us and uh, be inspired by others. And so when we first started, we definitely had a broad scope, but really focused on Belgian-inspired beers, uh, German-inspired lagers, and uh, coffee West Coast, uh, Northwest uh, styles of beer. And as our company has grown and our team has grown, and then with uh, industry and innovation, uh, we had a, a very nimble brewery that could handle a lot of variety and style, and uh, we had a very busy tasting room mm-hmm. uh, that was budding, and then also a very hungry uh, beer market. And so we've continued uh, to innovate and add to our offerings. Some beers go away uh, some uh, each year, and some new ones uh, come back in place. And right. sometimes we take a break from beer styles and bring them back, but we're always letting our palates and our minds guide us uh, year over year and keeping things interesting and having a lot of fun doing it. See, I like that. So you're not jumping in on the whatever the la- latest hazy IPA trend is or, you know, oh, i got to make a s'mores beer. Not that those beers are, are terrible, but you're not following those things. It's, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm feeling in the mood for this. Let's brew that, and it seems to, and it obviously it's working for you guys. Now we're talking with Josh Freem. He's the co-owner and brewer for Freem Beers, located in Hood River, Oregon. P F R I E M is the spelling. Beer dot com. That's the website for more information. And we're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer. Now you recently began canning some of your beers, and I have to say thank you for the uh, the Pilsners uh, and the IPA. By, which, by the way, the packaging that you guys sent them those in. I've never had a beer company send me the packaging the way you did. It was like the perfect packed, like it was very easy for me to carry to my car to drive home. I was very appreciative of that. But as I said in the open, the Pilsner is amazing. It's probably one of the best that I've ever had. It's just clean, crisp. It's it's the perfect beer uh, for any type of activity. The IPA, very good as well. Uh, how has the reaction been from your customers now that you're canning your beer? Oh, they're so excited. Uh it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we uh, we're, we we drive the, the brewery with our own direction pretty hard, but we are uh, we love our our fans and our consumers, and we listen to them. And for uh, years and years, NASA's put our beer in cans, 
Uh, and we wouldn't do it till we felt like we were ready to do it from a quality side and then have enough capacity. So this has been a long road that we've been on to get this point, and we're super happy, super happy to be on it, and we're having a lot of fun putting beer in cans. And, and Josh, are you do, using a mobile canning service, or are you canning it? Uh, you do have your own canning line in the brewery. At the moment, I we have a, a mobile service. Okay. They come in, they work with our QC team, and then we're in the process of putting them on the clinic. Right, because you guys have an expansion that's going on uh, that you're you're building out a little bit. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. It's, yes. And so we were, we're finished up a large phase this last winter that allowed us to do cans, and now uh, we're building another facility, adding on to our current facility, uh, and putting in quite a bit more capacity to keep up with demand. That's very cool. Now, down the road comes summertime. Uh, what new beers uh, will you be looking to release for the uh, the public? Let's see. You know, in the summertime, we go a little bit lighter. Uh, we have a bunch of lagers that we're super excited about. Uh, we're bringing our Mexican lager back. Um, let's see. For, we have we do have a couple of fun uh, hazy IPA beers we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been having fun with the, that uh, new Norwegian uh, yeast and doing some uh, hot four beers with that that will help coming out this summer. Um, man, we always have so much going on. I always have to like look at a, a brew schedule in order to, right. to see all the different uh, offerings. Yeah, but also tons of uh, barrel age offerings on the fruit side. We have a cool beer uh, called the Mur Gelandic inspired beer with um, that's a blend of uh, Oregon uh, blackberries and raspberries. We have a couple of our uh, wine-inspired beers, uh, Drew of Blanc, Drew of Rouge, uh, that will be coming off uh, towards the end of the summer. So tons of fun stuff. Very cool. Now, you guys have been open a few years, I think, since uh, since 2012, and we're seeing so many changes amongst the beer landscape. More local breweries, uh, breweries that have merged, like just last week, Samuel Adams and Dogfish Head uh, merged together. How have you as a business owner uh, with your partners dealt with those changes? Sure. You know, I mean, for us, we, when we set out, we set out a very uh, strong regional strategy, uh, one that was fairly organic uh, and one that was sustainable for the three of us to, to manage. Right. Uh, and within that, we've been really fortunate to build an awesome team and work with great distribution partners and have, uh, you know, a great uh, fan base and great loyal customers. And so, for us, we've been kind of right on the top of the, the wave of uh, what was the big growth wave from a couple of years ago. Right. And, you know, a lot of the mergers and uh, all the acquisitions, everything happened. I, I, there's a lot of different ways to run a brewery and uh, a lot of different things happen out there. And totally understand people need to survive and sure. need to do what they, uh, what they do. But we've been uh, enjoying what we're doing currently and always keep an eye on the business and uh, making sure we're making healthy, good decisions for our business and, you know, and the really ultimately the beer drinker moving forward. Yeah, that's a smart way to go. And last question for me, Josh, in all the different places that you worked and traveling through Europe, what's the most important thing that you learned that you still use uh, in your brewery on a regular basis? That your palate is the most important tool that you have. Uh, and that you always have to have the eye on making better and greater beer than you did the day before uh, and keep your beer exciting, innovative, fresh, uh, and, you know, keep your uh, fans excited. And then ultimately you're self-engaged and having a lot of fun. You know, if you're, if you're constantly have that uh, at the forefront of your mind, you know, your beer is going to be better than it was before and you're going to enjoy it 
doing it more, and your fans are going to be more excited about drinking that beer. Consi- that, that's what gets us up every day. Consistency is definitely the key, and of course, having fun. I mean, really, it, it, at the end of the day, I mean, you, obviously, you guys are supporting other people that work for you, and bi- you know, your business and your family and stuff. But in the end, of, at the end of the day, you want to have fun while you're doing this. I mean, it is beer, right? It's beer. That's what we get into beer, right? Exactly. It should be fun. Exactly. My guest has been Josh Freem. He's the co-owner and brewer of Freem Beers. They're located in Hood River, Oregon. Freembeer.com is the website for more information. I'll spell it for you. P-F-R-I-E-M beer.com. That's the website. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Josh, thanks so much for giving me a few minutes. Very much appreciate it. Thanks, Al. I really appreciate it. Hope you have a good rest of your day. You got it. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast. On AM 970, The Answer. Joe Walsh just wants a level playing field. There are a lot of boys in our high schools identifying as girls and being allowed to compete with the girls in damn near any female sport. And that is just fundamentally wrong. Because if we don't push back against this gender madness now, uh, it, it will overtake us. The Joe Walsh Radio Program. Weeknights at 9, right before Eric Metaxas at 11 on AM 970. The answer. Every child deserves a quality education. That's why NJEA members, teachers, and educational support professionals are proud to partner with parents to provide students with the support they need to be successful in school and in life. NJEA knows that when families and schools work together, our children are the winners. And our commitment to students is paying off. Did you know that according to some national publications, New Jersey schools lead the country in student achievement and giving children the chance to succeed? And our high school graduation rate is among the top in the nation. The College Board also reports that New Jersey students have the highest advanced placement scores in the nation. Go to NJEA.org to learn more about the great things happening in New Jersey's public schools. This message, sponsored by the New Jersey Education Association, the New Jersey Broadcasters Association, and this station. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Are you one of the 80% of Americans that experiences back pain? Do you suffer from sciatica or spinal stenosis? Afraid of the potential surgical complications of going under the knife to remedy your pain? Then Brooklyn Spine Center is the place for you. Dr. Melinda Keller is not only a friend of mine, she's the director who specializes in non-surgical spinal decompression. She utilizes the DRX-9000 to make your lower back pain a thing of the past. Give Dr. Keller a call right now, 718-234-6200. That's 718-234-6200. Listen and imagine. It takes five seconds to send a text. And for those five seconds, you're driving blind. Life is worth more than a text. Stay alive. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Listen to Joe Piscopo in the morning, weekdays at 6. Mike Gallagher at 10 on AM 970. The answer. All right, final segment of the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer on this uh, pre-Memorial Day edition of the program. And by the way... Yes, I know to, uh, Monday is a day off for Memorial Day, but it's not just about barbecues and getting together with friends. It's about remembering the men and women 
that served this great country of ours in the armed forces and lost their life. That's why we celebrate Memorial Day. Never forget those people. Very important. All right, let's get into, um, normally we do suds and duds here, but we're going to do some reviews of the two events that I was at last Saturday because it was phenomenal. Two states, two events. It was unbelievable, but a quick bit of beer news, and we're going to get more into this a little bit more next week, and then in the coming weeks we'll uh, dive into it a little bit further. So uh, the annual, the bi- uh, I guess it's every other year this report comes out from the uh, Beer Institute and National Beer Wholesalers Association. So listen to this. Uh, the Just in New Jersey, the, uh, the beer industry contributes $6.7 billion annually to the New Jersey economy and supports a little over 45,000 jobs in the state. Think about that. And the businesses also generate about $961.3 million in personal and business taxes and $267.3 million in excise taxes, according to the report. Um, in this report, though, they say that New Jersey has 154 small breweries. I think that number is a little bit off. Maybe that's numbers that are in the pipeline, but I think the number is closer to about 115 that are actually open and working. Uh, I have to check those numbers because I think those numbers are just a little bit off. Uh, and um, this is, you know, this is great for the state of New Jersey, uh, and it can only get better. And in New York, uh, 137,000 jobs, $7.9 billion in wages, $24.2 billion in economic contribution, and $5.2 billion in tax revenue, all thanks to the local beer industry. So for those out there that are listening to this program and don't think that beer is a business, small breweries, small business, doesn't think it supports and helps your state out, you are 1,000% wrong. The numbers are there to prove it, and especially in New Jersey, if there are any politicians listening, don't be dumb here and make rules that prevent these breweries from making more money because when they make money, the state makes money. That's the bottom line. All right, off my soapbox. We'll get into this a lot more uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, So let's get into some of the events that I was at over the past, uh, last Saturday. So uh, the first event I was at was in New Jersey, in Morristown, Lewis Dill Meadow Park in Morristown. Beautiful day for a beer barbecue bacon showdown, all New Jersey beers, uh, all New Jersey food trucks, a phenomenal event. The folks who put on this event do a fantastic job. And uh, I'll be honest with you, the best use of bacon, I remember who won. I don't remember who was the best barbecue. I'm going to take a guess, but I'm probably wrong. But that's not my forte. I like to eat, but that's not my judging. For the beer, however, a lot of great Jersey beers. Got to talk to a lot of great people. Uh, the winners uh, of the best beer, Wet Tickets Taste Like Summer, their watermelon wheat. That one for best beer. We, you know, we came up with kind of a consensus about a, you know, a couple of different beers that were really good. That one just won out over everyone because, let's be honest, there are, beer, there are breweries that try to do a watermelon beer. Nobody does it better than Wet Ticket from a local standpoint. They chop up so many watermelons by hand to put them in the mix and the mash. It's a time-consuming process, but it really is a very, very good beer. It's one of those where I'm not a super fan of watermelon, but then when you try this, you go, oh, I could have a couple of these during the summer. It's light. It's refreshing. It's a low ABV. It's not going to knock you out. It really quenches the thirst. It's a fantastic beer. Uh, and kudos to Wet Ticket uh, for putting that together. The most unique beer was Bolero Snort's King Cake Beer, and that's not the name of it. It's something else with a moo in it, and I forgot. Sorry, Scott. Sorry, Bob. 
Uh, I forgot the name. I meant to write it down, and I didn't get a chance to write it down. But that, I, honest to God, straight liquid cake. I'm not kidding you. It was fantastic. I couldn't believe how good that was. Uh, it was a tremendous beer. There was so much good food. The best use of bacon out of this event uh, was from uh, Good Food Equals Good Mood. They served us a cheeseburger with bacon and lettuce and tomato on it. But on top of that, it had a deep-fried piece of bacon that tasted like a chicken cutlet. And it wasn't bacon. It was pork belly. It was amazing. I couldn't believe how good it was. Now, honestly, I forgot um, who won for best uh, best barbecue. I think Hickory Was it Hickory Sticks? I think it was Hickory Sticks that won. I'm pretty sure they, that was the one that won. And if anybody's listening, they were there and uh, heard the awards, just do me a favor. Reach out to me and, and correct me because I'm pretty sure uh, that those were the guys that won for uh, Best Barbecue. Now, the other event that I was at, uh, we drove to Brooklyn, my best friend and I, after he accompanied me to the first event. And believe me, we were eating and drinking and eating and drinking and eating and drinking. I mean, it's it's. But at 1 o'clock when that first event starts, they just keep bringing beer and food every five minutes. It's insane. So um, the next event we went to on Meserol Street at the Well uh, was put on by the Five Borough Craft Beer Fest. Lawrence Sokol, you and your husband, Mike, put on a tremendous, tremendous show every single year. They do not disappoint. Now, apparently I was talking with Lauren. She said they're going to be running another similar type event in September, which I'm looking forward to. So I kind of have to mark my calendar in September and uh, make sure that I get over there. There were a lot of great beers to taste. First off, the music was phenomenal. By the time we got there, it took us almost two and a half hours to get to Brooklyn. And so by the time we got there, um, it, most of the food was gone. So we didn't get a chance to sample a lot of the food. I was looking forward to the pizza and stuff. But I think the only people that were left, it was a beef jerky guy whose name I can't remember, who had the most phenomenal beef jerky I've ever tasted. Uh, and then there was a one woman in the middle. She was making waffles with pulled pork or chicken on top of it. That was great. Um, but the beers, I have to tell you, uh, th- this is why this event is so great, because they do such a great job with all of the different um, with all of the different beers. There's not a bad beer in the bunch. And I got to hang out with the Bolero guys, which, funny story, uh, the, the guys from Bolero forgot their tap handles. So I had to get tap handles for them at the first event and bring it to the second event so they could put it uh, on their, uh, you know, put the handles on their taps. Very funny. Anyway, um, River Roost Brewery uh, had this unfallen stout with chili peppers. Nice heat on the back end. That was delicious. Uh, Lamplighter Brewing, Riley on Cherries, a really nice sour. I, for some reason, I was going for all the sours because I just didn't want to do IPA, IPA, IPA. Um, who else? Killsboro was there. Had some, I, I tasted something from them. was fantastic. Uh, and again, I'm forgetting names of beers because I really wasn't paying attention to stuff that I was drinking. Um who else? There was, I took a picture of one, and let me see if I still have the picture of it again. Was that, oh, Hermit Thrush Brewery. Uh, these guys are out of Brattleboro, Vermont. I took a picture of the can. Rye Barrel Rye. It was a Vermont rye whiskey barreled aged sour rye ale. Now, that sounds incredibly complex. It was. It was delicious. It, it had all the sour elements, and then you had a little bit of bourbon in there as well. Uh, rye, it was really, really good. I enjoyed those guys a lot. Uh, Garvey's Point Craft Brewery, had never heard of them. They're out of Long Island. Uh, the guy stops me because of my purple mohawk, and he says, I have a purple beer for you. And he pours me this goza. They call it an indie goza. 
and it was a, a 5% ABV. I took a picture of the sign there. I dry hopped with mosaic. It was fantastic. And yes, straight up purple to match my hair. It was delicious. In fact, I went back, I think, for another uh, another pour or two. I got a chance to talk with uh, so many great people there. Uh, Five Burrows Beer was there. Uh, Carton was there, although I didn't try anything from Carton, although they had common at the beer, bacon, and barbecue event. That was really good. First time trying that. That was delicious. Um, who else? McKellar was there. I had uh, their Berlin Iron Vice. That was really good. Um, I didn't hit into Burrow. Twin Elephant has a sour that was really good uh, that I enjoyed a lot. In fact, I went back for seconds on that. I can't remember uh, the name of that beer, but I spoke with the guys from Twin Elephant. I'm going to get up to the brewery uh, in a couple of weeks and do an interview with those guys because they really, Twin Elephant, for a, such a small operation, they make... Really, really good, good beer that you want to try over and over again. I mentioned Lamplighter Brewing. They were great. Uh, Collective Arts was there from Canada. Uh, they made uh, had a couple of good things. They're building a facility. We mentioned this a while back. They're building a facility in Brooklyn. Um, uh, drank with the Bolero Snork guys. Had uh, their um, their sour that was really good. Uh, River Roost, I mentioned. They were from, uh, from Vermont. Real, uh, good stuff as well. Uh, Killsboro. I didn't get a chance to get over to Sand City. I don't know why. I didn't get over there. Alewife, uh, you know, I had had their stuff before. Gun Hill, Single Cut, a lot of good stuff. And then um, what was the other? Oh, um, got a chance to talk with John Danzler from uh, Torch and Crown Brewing. And John came in uh, the day before the event and taped an interview with me. We're going to air that interview. It's three parts next week. You don't want to miss it. John's great. His brewery is great. He makes some some excellent beers. Um but he's got some interesting insights in the business of beer, uh, how they are going to become the first brewery to actually open an, uh, a brewery in Manhattan and a tasting room where you'll be able to go and visit uh, in Soho. So uh, a lot of fun, and it was a great time uh, chatting with, uh, with John Danzler, who will be on the program next week. But, folks, we are out of time. My thanks to Jerry Crowley, Phil Boyce, Darren Yellen, Josh Freem from Freem Brewing uh, out of Hood River, Oregon, and, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. I will be back on Tuesday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m. Of course, Monday is Memorial Day. Remember uh, remember those who, who served and gave their life uh, for this great country of ours, the United States of America, uh, tomorrow on Memorial Day. That's the reason why we are off from work. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.